This episode is brought to you by Bucks County Drums. Bucks County is a Pennsylvania-based custom manufacturer who developed its own shell called the Semi-Solid, which combines a solid wood shell with a plywood shell to give you all the big warm tones and sound of a solid drum, but with the strength, consistency, reliability, and versatility of ply drums. You can check them out at buckscountydrumco.com. They're also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and also, we are going to be checking out one of their semi-solid birch kits later in the episode. So for now, let's get rolling. What's up, everyone? Mike Johnson here. And before we get started, I just wanted to ask you all a favor. If you enjoy this podcast and if you get a lot out of this, please do us a favor and stop by wherever you're getting this podcast from and give us a five-star rating and then write a nice review. That helps other drummers find this podcast, and Mike and I would really appreciate it. Now, let's talk about some good stuff. All right, so once Mike and I get all caught up, we're going to talk about how to get the most out of your practice time, especially when you're practicing simple grooves. We'll be discussing an article by Chris Prescott. Our featured artist this time is Big and Rich's Keo Stroud. In our gear review section, we'll be checking out a gorgeous kit from Bucks County. It's a semi-solid red gum over birch. We'll get to a bunch of your listener questions. And as always, we'll get to your picks of the week. Get to our picks of the week. Good God. Yeah. Dude, today has been old school Mike and Mike day. We talked on the phone just to talk and then we just did like a 20 minute podcast intro before we pressed record man yeah the unfiltered edition which i did not record sorry it doesn't exist oh, oh man i wish we could have shown everybody <laughs> dude you imagine oh someday <sighs> someday on our sometimes way out. you gotta vent you know that's what friends exactly are for, that's right Exactly. That's how we can be so positive. That has always been my biggest piece of advice to people going to NAM. Whatever you think, shut up. Wait until you're in your hotel room with two trusted friends and then blow off some steam. But you don't know who it's like, who's the product manager at or I don't know. So do you know if you're talking smack about their yeah. drum company in front of their product manager? And it's like, I've seen that happen where I was like, oh my God. Oh man, uh, I feel I feel an anxiety because I, I remember very distinctly a good friend of mine from college who's one of those those dudes who he just says really inappropriate stuff all the time. Sure. And, and we were at a drum show and the guy that made the thing that he was really talking trash on was part of the conversation. I'm like, oh, oh. you don't even know that that's the dude. He's <laughs> like oh. literally the dude. Oh. And you also don't even know nowadays, you don't know who's friends with who. So you might think like, well, you'll clearly be on board with this round of smack talk because it's your competitor. And it's like, well, we actually started together and we funded each other's projects and he's my brother. And then he, when he lost his mom, I lost my dad on that same week. It's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. So, yeah, my advice at NAM is shut your pie hole, get to the hotel room and then be like. What are they doing over there? That's fine. So, uh, All right. What is this? Episode 131. <laughs> <laughs> or say good things. That always works, too. Oh, man. How about it our intro episode groove? 131. Who was that? Derek? Our intro groove. Yeah. Derek was killing it, man. So um, he actually sent in a description. So that groove, he was playing a Yamaha Stage custom kit. Uh, what do you have? A 22-inch bass drum. Um, a, the Birch Snare. The one that came with the kit, 10-inch Tom, 14-inch Tom, 14-inch K Custom, no, 13-inch K Custom Dark Hi-Hats. Everything sounded nice. Well, he, he gave yeah. us a whole rundown. He's got a Beta 52 on the bass drum, 57 on the snare, PG 56 on the toms. 
Audio Technica 2035 overhead. Do you have you used that one? I don't even know what that is. I'm going to look it up right now. I don't know either. Um, I would assume that's kind of a mid price to low price because the 2020 is their $99 one. Mm. Then the 4040 is kind of industry standard, but that's around that five to six hundred dollar range. What do you say? AT 2035. 2035. Yeah, might have to call up Audio Technica and be like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> um, uh, I'll check that out. But yeah, I, the other thing that I got to give him credit for is uh, he gave us like three minutes of that groove. Yeah. So I mean, it's still going right consistency. now. As we're talking, it's still <laughs> fading out. It's <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, that's a hundred and fifty dollar mic. So let me see what's different between that and the twenty twenty. Um, oh, it's just it's got some. It's the Audio Technica twenty twenty, but with some options. So you've got the. Um, You've got a 10 dB pad. You've got an 80 hertz high pass filter on it. So, okay, so it's like a step up from just the basic. Yep, uh, but basic same model. diaphragm. You're getting the same tonalities, but you can put a pad on it. So <laughs> that'd be a great mic for somebody that is going to use it as a drum mic because, uh, you know, even though it's probably got a pretty high SPL, still I know for me, I have my main mic, which is an Audio Technica 5045 that I have as my overhead, it does not have a, a pad on it. Mm-hmm. And going through my preamps, my preamps are almost at zero. And that, because there's no pad on the pre either? No. You got to buy one of those inline pads. You can do that. Yep. Yep. You just get it from Sweetwater oh, or whatever. just changed my game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's pretend that I'm not trying to tout myself as educator of the year. Do I just type inline pad to Sweetwater? <laughs> probably. Is that or, the or, name of it? Is it called an inline mic- pad? Microphone pad probably will we'll bring it up. Okay. <laughs> I see. seriously hate when things like that happen where I'm like, Oh, it's like a you know, like a three inch metal thing pad. It just goes on the end of the mic cable. Awesome! I am totally going to get one of those. Whatever the hell that is, I'm getting one. Yeah, I mean, um, I think for, that sounds like it'd be crucial for you because you want to be getting the color of those mic pre's. And if you're not able to gain them up, then you're not getting the color. Exactly. I would think that's the the case, and that's actually why I'm not using the fifty forty five on my bass drum. Is because I actually it'll actually clip. I actually can't use it at all, so mm-hmm. I have to use one of my um, higher end mics that has a pad on it. So well, there right. you go. There's your pick of the week. You didn't have one before we started. <laughs> now I do. Now I do. I gotta I gotta find one of these things so that I can make it my pick of the week. All right, <laughs> brother, you subbed again for Lion King. Congrats. That's I did. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for Carter for trusting me with his his chair. I I did. Um, different conductor and every conductor has different little little things and i've got to figure them out so that's you know i haven't played with a conductor like in an orchestra type thing in uh, 15 years so i kind of get in those those bearings it the weird part is judging you know because where they conduct is called the ictus you know where the, where the baton comes down or whatever right how does that relate to where the orchestra actually plays the the beats <laughs> okay know? yeah and each one's Absolutely. a little bit different so that's I feel like I'm back in college again. It's cool. It's been fun. That's awesome, man. Well, congrats. I'm stoked for you. That's a really cool thing. Now, do you see that moving forward? Do you see that as becoming a bigger part of your world? And I'm not saying, obviously, Carter's got the Lion King thing. But do you see maybe doing more uh, Broadway shows like that? I have no idea. I mean, I've, okay. I've, I've, it certainly is something I think I can, I could do. I don't, but I don't know. It's like, 
for me, the professional side of my drumming has always been whatever comes at me, I'll just explore it. Right. <laughs> you know, but I mean, what what, is, what the hell does it feel like to be in the pit for the Lion King? And I mean, scary. God, like, well, I, yeah, scary. I got to imagine. And, okay, real quick, since I, I have seen it in L.A., or in Hollywood, but I haven't seen the Broadway version. What's the the size of the crowd? Uh, I don't even know because I'm in a box. It's it's <laughs> nearly two thousand, probably. Carter would know. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, and I mean, so do you get to run around backstage a little bit before you play? I mean, do you see like the chaos that's going on with the outfits and the costumes? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's actually surprisingly chill. I think because everyone's they're dialed They've in done it so much. Just, yeah, but yeah. yeah, you have to walk on the stage to go down into the under the pit so you see people warming up and stretching and you know uh, scar will be at the coffee machine <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool that's so cool man yeah, it's definitely it's, it's pretty surreal i mean i think if i think thankfully for me i'm used to being in a studio and being in that enclosed box i don't think about the fact that there's two thousand people out there right listening to what's happening um, right well i would assume that gig's probably kind of intense on a focus level anyways so you're just yeah. hyper focused. I mean, yeah. until you have it completely dialed, like I mean, what I, that with I, it. I, yeah, I have huge admiration for his ability to just do that and not, not seemingly not break a sweat. It's funny because when you go to observe that type of thing and you see, you know, Kim, uh, Carter playing that show and he's just so effortless and he knows exactly when to put his in ears back on and all that. Right. You, you kind of get a false confidence of, yeah, this ain't too bad. <laughs> the first time you go to do that and you're the one in the chair with the in-ears on, I mean, literally from, you know, the the first downbeat, well, from the first introduction of, you know, welcome to the theater to intermission, I was like glued to the monitor. Sticks were in my hands. I was checking pages. I was checking notes. I was like, which mallets do I need to use? What's coming wow. up? Which, right. which uh, preset on the rolling pad should I have ready to go? I mean, it was Man, intense. I wonder if subbing could ever not be like that because you never get to do 40 shows in a row to finally be like, cool, I got this. You know, if it's kind of one show here and then a week and a half from now, you you remember it, but yeah. it's not like you did it yesterday. <laughs> That's you what know? happened to me in this last this last time. I was like, oh, I forgot to listen to this song. What happens? <laughs> right. I can totally see that happening. That's like yeah. filling in for a cover band. It's like, I know these songs. And it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, you don't know I'm like the person that plays them every single night at the <laughs> right. bar. So uh, I'm always reminded of that when there's like a cover band playing. And I'm like, I don't think this dude's ever taken a lesson in his life. Yet he is killing this song harder than I ever could. Yeah. Because... I wouldn't. I don't know the song that well. So. Yeah, yeah. It's an experience. Awesome, it's certainly you know. I kind of enjoy high pressure playing for whatever reason, but at the same time, it, I, at the end of it, I'm like, man, that was intense. It's just so different because mm-hmm. every note is written or at least been repeated hundreds of times to where it's essentially written. Like Carter's parts yeah. are essentially the same thing every single time. So every time I'm like, I should I played an extra bass drum note there. Like it's going on in my head. Like why did I play wow. that extra? Not stuff on a rock gig you would ever think about. Right. But I'm sure. like, I played one extra bass drum note and that one that one bar break in Akuna Matata where everyone stops <laughs> and I hit a freaking bass drum on the downbeat and it shouldn't have been there. <laughs> oh, that, what, a, what a surreal world that as musicians that we live in it's i I mean the things that we go through (laughs) you know what's funny too is that lion king on broadway and your first wedding gig same exact feeling in Mm. the chair 
It's the it's the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah, nothing's yeah. it's like you're freaked out of your mind. So and and then we obsess over things that don't matter at all, you know? And, yeah. Well and yeah, then we t- that, that matters to the conductor and maybe to a couple other people well, associated with the show. Totally, totally. I remember thinking in those times, like, oh man, I should be playing this groove or I should be less busy or more busy. And really I should have been thinking, Am I too loud? <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. I should have been thinking, is this consistent? Can people dance to this? Yeah, or, or or am I or am I somehow thinking that this wedding is a drum set talent show? <laughs> Why is that going on in my head that I'm like, well, I want the best man to hire me for his wedding and he'll only do that if I play wipeout with one hand. So oh, well, man. <laughs> whatever. We make it through. We're still alive. Well, congrats, buddy. I'm just stoked that you're, you're getting the opportunity to that. It's really cool. Yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure. Yeah, buddy. Where the heck are we at? Uh, what are we talking about today? Let's oh, talk about. You got your website. I saw you updated some stuff. Let's dig into that. Yeah, something. yeah. We what made some do? some upgrades. Uh, so, obviously, doing the online lesson thing. My goal is to slowly close the gap between the online teaching thing between online teacher and online student. So we've always had student reviews where you could upload a video of yourself working on whatever you're working on the site, and then we would do a live broadcast and I would try to knock out three or four of them, but that was only once a week and they started piling up and people were having to wait two or three weeks to get their video reviewed. Well, if you're working on our courses, our courses say like, if you feel you're ready to move on, go ahead or submit a video. So we could have people saying like, yeah, man, I think I'm ready to move on. I've been waiting two weeks for you to tell me if I can move on. So I didn't think that was a great solution. So we just changed everything on our live student reviews. Now when you upload a video, within 48 hours, you have a response from me right on your video page. So everyone, when you upload a video, you actually get your own page for that video where our other students can comment and they can like your video and they can give you advice as well. Well, now when I Now I film a video and I upload my response straight to that page. So you see your video and right below it, you see my video response and it's super, super personal. So um, So are you excited? Is this open ended to where anyone who's logged into the site can see anyone's video and comment on anyone's video? Yep. And then I have uh, the ability to moderate any of that. So luckily on it, honestly, we've had almost zero problems ever with the Mike's lessons family. And I think that that's, probably related to the fact that we don't advertise and we don't we're not just trying to get a million people in here and so it's you've kind of been filtered through the world of social media and the internet and everything by the time you've you're actually paying for your education you're probably pretty respectful yeah Uh, but if if i did see something um or if one of our students saw something then they could just uh write us and we would immediately delete it but everything's been cool and i think the reason why we're making the responses public as well is because whatever lesson or whatever video i'm responding to there's probably another thousand of our students that are working on that exact same lesson and maybe they just didn't have the courage to upload a video or the time or the ability so now they can watch my response to this video and go okay well that's the same thing i'm working on and i'm having the same problems that he or she's having so now this response makes sense to me too now, I will say that just kind of piggybacking on what I talked about being an observer versus a participant, a participant. Uh-huh. if any of your your uh, students are listening and they haven't uploaded a video, I think you have to do it. it there's nothing – you can watch 100 videos of someone else doing it and you can watch 100 videos of you commenting on someone else's doing it. Right. But until you do it, you have no idea what it's actually like. 
I totally agree. And I don't think you'll ever get in the amount of focused playing and practice as you will when you turn on that camera. Yeah, exactly. Because you know that I'm going to review it. That's the only reason, not the only reason, but that's why I started posting videos on Instagram. Because Mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, I've got to really get my stuff together because this sounds like crap. (laughs) Yeah, people are going to see it. And And I don't I just don't think that you can really judge your playing that well when you're on the kit compared to. Now I'm off the kit and I'm going to go listen, you know, Um, and maybe even when you record yourself, maybe every once in a while, turn the video monitor off and just listen. You know, when we watch ourselves, we get so obsessed with how we look and, oh, my gosh, my mouth was open or I don't even move my body. It's like "Eh, that stuff can be important for live gigs. But for the most part, you sound good. And when or it maybe you look so good that you you forgot that you sound horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Man, I look (laughs) great. Unmute. (laughs) Upload. Killed it. And it's like, oh, time's a little wonky. Uh, Dynamics are a little off. Uh, So. So anyway. So, yeah. So if you guys are interested in really, really getting some serious critical feedback and starting to grow and hold yourself accountable, check out uh, mikeslessons.com and everyone that has the all access pass now has full access to the student uploads and you can upload as many videos as you want and you will get a response from me, a video response from me within 48 hours and giving you a full review and most importantly, instead of just saying good job, it's a full review and a full critique on what to do next, so how to keep moving forward uh, and so hopefully you guys will enjoy that. All right. Well, I got I got one more. Uh, I've got one more self promo moment to make here. Just reminded me do, um, do anyone it. in the Detroit or um, Terra State Community College area. I guess it's about two hours south of Detroit. I'm going to be there for the Midwest Rhythm Summit in April, April 20th through the 22nd. Um, I don't remember what the cost is. It's not too much, but it's three days of clinics with bass players and drummers, and there's that's some awesome. marching panel, and there's all kinds of cool stuff. I'm going to be doing a little workshop on using electronics for performing and practice and all that kind of stuff. So that's April 22nd, 20th to 22nd. You can go to midwestrhythmsummit.org to check it out. Um, hopefully some of you folks will make it out and see Congrats, me uh, mess around with a mandala drum for an hour and... <laughs> and then go make some noise. lunch. <laughs> no, but there's some. Well, dirt. We've if, got a. Let's have to go through the rundown. It's Chuck Rainey, the bass player, is there. Amazing bass player. I think he played with Seely Dan. Dom Familar is going to be there. John Wooten, a uh, rudimental expert, is going to be there. Joe Bergamini. I believe there's going to be a Sabian Educators Network thing there. Awesome. Um, West Little, Jordan Sims, Gary Katz, a whole bunch of people. So check it out. Again, it's MidwestRhythmSummit.org. That's rad, man. Well, congrats. Thank you. I'm stoked that you're doing more of that stuff. Yeah, trying to. All right. Trying to get out there. Again, be a participant, not an observer. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Uh, By the way, I found the switchable attenuator. So 15, 20, or 25 dB of attenuation from shore. Dude. 25 dB? I could crank my freeze. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what you want. (laughs) Ordered. Ordered. Dig it. All, All right. right. Talk about some stuff here. What we got? I'm not scared. I'm t- we're talking about some education. Okay. Like Chris Prescott. Yes, and one of my favorite people. Have you ever met Chris? I don't think I have. He looked familiar, but I can't tell if he's familiar because I've watched a bunch of his videos or if I've actually met him. But I, if I did, it was definitely only at Nam. I don't know him personally. Yeah, he's kind of gone back from the the big beard and the the no beard look. So you might you might have caught him in between. But he uh, right. He's been playing with Pinback for a long time. 
and okay. uh, he did a tour with Jimmy Eat World and Rocket from the Crypt and some other stuff. So he's he's I think he's in nice. San Diego. Really really cool guy. Teaches a lot too. So he wrote an article based on this idea that he does with a lot of his students, where he has them play basic, you know, learn basic fundamental rock beats, like basic eighth note grooves, nothing syncopated, and right. then uh, recreate those beats using just the right hand. And so the left hand is not doing anything. So you're playing the hi hat and the snare with the right hand, and then the bass drum, and then you add texture with the left hand by using three different types of grace notes, either and three. Well, three different subdivisions of grace notes, right? Exactly, yeah. So just yeah. You just fill in all the 16ths in between whatever you're playing with the bass drum in the right hand with the left hand, or you turn it into 16th note triplets and fill in the, the middle and the third triplet with the left hand, or you do 32nd note drags. Which, I mean, there's a lot of things that you get out of that exercise, and I think that that exercise is one of those ones where when you stumble upon it on your own as a drummer, you kind of go like, oh my gosh, this stuff was always there. It was always accessible to me. Yeah. And all I had to do was put my left hand in between my right hand and keep the volume down. But the other thing that you get out of it is a great sense of subdivisional awareness. Totally. Going from that's awesome. You get great texture out of it. And then like he does later in the article, you start mixing and then you really get that broken feel, which is really cool. And you're still just playing eighth notes with your right hand the whole time. And the right foot. That's that's I don't know why I'm yeah, I don't know why I'm getting so excited. Well I think that's Come on, Mike, let's do it. For me, this is how I like to teach. It's like let's not learn ten hundred exercises. Let's just ten hundred. Is that a, is that a number? Ten thousand. Ten thousand. <laughs> ten hundred is awesome. Let me take a sip it's, of this here. Thousand. Let me take this yeah. sip here. This coffee. <laughs> I was going to do a thousand push-ups, but I decided to do ten hundred. <laughs> Sorry. So up for review this month. <laughs> <laughs> the new ten hundred hi hat series. All right. Um, Okay, now it's finally your turn. We're making a shirt that says, practice 10 hundred hours. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Dawson. (laughs) Practice one beat for 10 hundred hours and not 10 hundred beats for one hour. How about that? I love it. I love it. I agree. I agree. Um, But yeah, so anyways, back to your point. This is how you like to teach. Yeah, so I think you learn your basic beats, and those are going to be the beats that we use almost all the time. So why not just re- envision those with different you know layers of texture and sound and i mean that's just scratching the surface it, it would be a whole different you know once you start adding 16 notes with the bass drum and how do they you know you're playing doubles on top of it and there's all kinds yeah of stuff. and then and then when you maybe get a little syncopation in the right hand then that right hand will land on some of those ghost notes with the left hand and it teaches you oh maybe i can't play stacked notes without flamming them okay yeah, well let me clean exactly. that up i think exercises like this allow a drummer to go on some self-discovery which is cool yeah you, you have to kind of learn like oh wow man it looked easy in the pages of modern drummer i mean my whole teenagehood was built out of me saying like it looked a lot easier in the pages of modern drummer like, <laughs> right? yeah, you know because i'd read it maybe on the school bus or something and then i'd get home to try it i'm like ah i could have sworn this was going to be a lot easier than this yeah um so yeah, yeah so I think it's, most it's awesome. of us we probably have a habit of we just do one type of subdivision with our left hand whether it's oh, a, absolutely. a buzz or, or a double or a triplet. And this forces you to really you know, examine the spacing of all that stuff. And, and I've, now, I've, since I've 
been working on this and a few other things, I've, I've been more aware of will it, will it feel better if I do a triplet subdivision with the grace notes or will it feel better if I do a, a real tight 30-second note? Not stuff right. I'd ever thought about before. You know, just to, Let me just fill in with grace notes. That's kind of been the default. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, definitely check out the article in the March issue of Modern Drummer, the Strictly Technique article. And the article is called Three Birds with One Stone, Optimize Your Practice Time by Chris Prescott. Good stuff indeed. All right, you want to talk about our featured artist? Yeah, who we got this week? <laughs> uh, it is well. I don't know how to say his first name. Is it Keo? Keo Stroud. I'm just kidding. He's he's been in the country band Big and Rich for a number of years now, uh, and it's a big bombastic, basically a rock show, but with country music kind of flair to it. But he's a he's a powerhouse drummer. In the, in the story, he's featured in the the March issue. He kind of gives a little bit of insight into how he got to where he is, which was to me was super inspiring. Like he he went in. I think yeah. he started out as a, maybe as a drum tech. I don't recall, but well, he was trying to be a drum tech, yeah, and uh, it it never came to fruition. His dad got him set up with a little fill in gig, and all of a sudden he was a drummer. And I love that he said in the article he talks about like. I didn't try to make it as a drummer until I was making it as a drummer. It never even occurred to me. Yeah, I was right. it just, just trying to be a dang tech. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, it moved in Nashville to make it. Um, it just happened. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. I mean, his playing style is really cool, too, because when you watch him play, you can just tell that, I mean, I, I don't know anything about his background. I didn't, you know, I'm not friends with him, but you can just tell how important the primary notes of any groove are because the other notes, the ghost notes and the things that we think are fun as drummers, yeah, they're so low in volume compared to his primary notes. He yeah. just grooves so hard with that backbeat. I mean, the backbeat is just, it sounds like a sample. I watched a bunch of live footage of him playing concerts with big and rich today. And I was like, that can't be someone's phone. Like that sounds like a sample and they're like backstage. It's not mm. in front of the stage. So I know there's no samples. There's no mix going on. But he just he he just cracks the snare the way that it sounds like a sample. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean he credits Bernard Purdy as one of his biggest influences. Uh, mm. Dennis Chambers, you can, that's kind of you kind of see the powerhouse groove guys that totally. that's his his inspiration. Um, but also, I think it's it's I think he was doing a lot of subbing. He was telling me because I hung out with him for a bit in Nam, and he kind of became or is known as the guy in Nashville that like call on Tuesday and he'll be ready by Friday to sub for a gig or something, or call on Thursday and he'll be there. F- Saturday for the show, which is super stressful. He was telling me one time, I think it was the drummer in the band couldn't get into Canada for some passport reasons or something. So he had to just get on a plane, go play the show, get back on a plane and go home. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Super That's awesome. But I mean, you build a good now, reputation if you can do that. Yeah. And, and you got a chance to hang with him at NAM, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Because watching his interview night. footage, he seems like the sweetest guy ever, man. Oh, yeah. He's super cool. I mean, you feel like you've known him your whole life after five minutes of sitting down with right. him. Right. Which, again, that's another one of those skills, just being cool. You know, if you want to get hired as Dude. on a big gig, be cool. Be cool. <laughs> <laughs> be cool, Mike Dawson. Don't ask for I mean, too you're, much. You're yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. Oh, good gosh. Be That's, happy. Say thank you. Talk to every A and R in the industry about that one. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, he just seems like he's cool. Talking about uh, his gear, man. I don't think enough people are going with the chrome wrap anymore. When I saw his kit, I was like, yeah. "Look at that full pretty- chrome wrap." And he's got a mix and match kit of uh, of Thomas stuff. It looks like uh, yeah, yeah. The kit you guys were listening to some Babinga toms and maple kick. 
Yeah, the the kid in in the story was his his setup for last year. I believe he kind of created that built, maybe even built the kid himself. I know he made the the hoops with the inlays and stuff himself. Uh, but his new kid is different. I think he's going to two rack toms now, and you know these guys who just can't settle. Every tour is a different kit, which is cool. If you have that, you know why not? Why not? Yeah, and if up? you're touring that big, it, it you know it. It's almost part of the stage show, right? It's like, well, here's the new kick drum head. Here's the new kit. I mean, I always expected that out of Tommy Lee back in the day. Like, oh, what's the new album's drum set going to look like on tour? Um, So I I get that. But yeah, and he's he's got he's all set up with a bunch of Sabian stuff, Um, big stuff, huge stuff. I mean, the stuff he's using now is is massive. I think he has a 26 inch ride and 24 inch crash. It's not what showed in the story. 18 inch AAX hi hats. <laughs> Man. What stick is he using? Yeah, of course, it's a custom model, but that's got to be a tree trunk. Really those sluggers? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Super, super cool. Yeah, well, mm. definitely, guys, um, check out Keo Stroud. It's just uh, K E I O Stroud. You can read about him in the March issue, and um, the story was by Aaron Strickland. Uh, but you can also check him out on uh, Big and Rich's. Uh, do you know if he's on the new album, the uh, Did It for the Party? Came out uh, in 2017. I'm not sure so he plays on the records. Work. I think he's, oh, he's, he's just the, more the touring, the touring guy. guy. Yeah, but um, there's a lot of footage, and he's pretty active on Instagram and stuff. So definitely follow him and say what's up. Super sweet guy, too. So I look forward to meeting him soon. And, uh, and just I'd love to play his 18-inch hats. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> That would be good stuff. All right, so this one's going to take a little while because you are reviewing a 46-piece kit. Yeah. And we're gonna, I want to go through everything. Uh, so <laughs> uh, so what is this, a six or a seven? Seven-piece kit? Okay, right. this is a seven-piece. Um, it's a, you know, I don't remember the depths, and, and Chris actually, Chris Carr at Bucks County sent me that info, and I forgot to print it out, but... Nice. It's an eight-inch rack tom, ten-inch rack tom, twelve-inch rack tom, fourteen and sixteen-inch floors, and a twenty-inch bass drum, and then a matching six and a half by fourteen snare, I believe. So they're all what he calls semi-solid, which means it, it's a you know solid core of birch, and then he puts uh, reinforcement rings, you know, ply reinforcement rings. I believe they're maple. Maybe they're no, they might be birch. Man, I'm super prepared this week. Good We've got some uh, semi-solid red gum over birch. <laughs> uh, I've never played the kit, but I can tell you all about it. Gorgeous, oh. twisted, exotic finish. Uh, well, first of all, so this Bucks County kit, this is um, – I was just, just going to ask real quick. Does he only make just Bucks County percussion kits, or does he have lines? It, currently, um, he just has the semi-solid line, but he's working on some other okay. stuff. So I don't know if I can announce that yet. But uh, his his you know his flagship his it's his own design of the semi-solid. He takes a, a solid gotcha. core of wood and then puts in some ply shell on the inside of that inside and outside of that to to kind of reinforce it. So you get okay. like the the thick solid wood tone but then it's kind of easy to tune and it's more stable like a ply shell and i'm assuming that also gives him the ability to use really gorgeous veneers on the outside like he did on this one yeah exactly so that's a red gum outer um ah gotcha all right so and how did you like playing an eight i love those things are fun i love so much fun um i've only played a few eights recently the the thomas superstar and then this one and 
both of those sounded really good, but this was the first time I hit an eight that was like, that doesn't sound like a toy. That sounds like a full, big, fat-sounding drum, which was... The reason I didn't rattle off the sizes while you were looking for the sizes is because when you... I was just listening to it, and I was like, that could be a 10, man. Because yeah, I'm it looking like at it just from the overhead. Yeah, it had tone. Eights never have tone. They go, yeah. doop. Yeah, exactly. But this was like, doop. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so these okay, are... Well, let's, uh, you oh, want to listen to them first when we talk more about them? And yeah, by the so way, let's, let's, uh, we're thanking Bucks County for sponsoring this week's episode. So let's listen to them, and then I will go through some more details. Love it. The one I have is yeah. a uh, yellow ha- yellow heart and mahogany. So it's the, I wanted okay. drums that were kind of like fat and, and warm. These had like that for me. It was that like perfect Carter Beaufort. Uh, totally. You know, like the microphone, just you don't need to do anything. Put a mic on it, and it's the, the perfect sound right away. Really, really fast and quick, but not like brittle. A, a different, right. you know, a unique. For experience for me to hear a drum that has a super fast response but it still has a really big thick sound um, i wanted to buy the drums but he got someone else to buy them so this kid actually got sold <laughs> uh but you know he'll he'll make anything for anyone just uh, look him up on bucks county drum co i believe is the website or you just you know obviously just google it but okay yeah. help me out here with these mounts i've never seen this mount before yeah, that's another one of his creations. He just oh, that's uh, it. Okay, he made developed that. It. Yeah, so it's like a. I think what you can see in the video is the twelve-inch tom, which has, I believe, four points, four rubber gaskets yep. that just rest against the shell. But yeah, it doesn't. I mean, he's did a lot of prototyping. I I was kind of his guinea pig for a lot of it, and I didn't notice any uh, dampening of the shell whatsoever from that thing. So it works great. That's awesome. It's super stable. I like that he's creating his own thing rather than just buying stuff that's already exists right uh, no it's it's really cool and it's got a, it it just looks super clean so i noticed that right away the kick was super punchy but didn't sound overly 20 you know it yep. sounded like it could be anything you wanted it to be and i'm still blown away by the tone coming out of that eight and so if there's that much tone coming out of the eight then you know the whole kit's just going to sound amazing and on the on all of the toms, you have no muffling whatsoever. Like these are Zero. wide open. Yeah, and, and, and they, they just sound super produced. Yeah, like I said, they were like they were just ready to roll. I, I also used these on a, a clinic a couple of weeks ago, and even in a club where you're dealing with a weird room sounds, they sounded amazing. At one point, we even turned the mics off, and they sounded like they were mic'd up. It was it was pretty impressive. Um, I tend yeah, to man. I tend to like bigger bass drums for when I'm going for that big kit sound, but this one felt a lot bigger than a 20. 
Yeah, it sounds fantastic. So uh, definitely everyone check out Bucks County. So, yes. Yeah, so you asked me about if he makes anything else. I just found a note that he had sent me that he does have some ply snares that he's going to be launching later this okay. spring and some other things that I can't talk about yet. But uh, so the ply drums will be, you know, a more affordable price, but still really, really high quality stuff. And it's going to be, if I remember what he said, it's going to be all one species, like all birch or all maple or all whatever. Whereas with the semi solid, you can mix and match. You can get your floor toms in one one uh solid core you can get the rack downs with a different core you can kind of tune you know depending on what the tone of the wood is naturally cool. you know and he'll guide yeah. you he'll guide you on that i wouldn't recommend saying hey can you give me mahogany eight and a birch floor tom just let him be the expert give him the sound right. you want and he'll get you the right the right shell clearly he makes a little bit of everything because i'm i'm on their stuff right now and he's got um, some aluminum drums and yep. uh yeah that's so another everything. prototype i checked out was a solid aluminum core with wood uh oh, you know, sandwiched wow. between wood that sounded amazing too it's 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 really fun to, to get to experience these these madmen drum makers doing it's just going crazy i love it's it it's pretty cool it's pretty cool stuff well guys everyone check out buckscountydrumco.com that's all you have to do buckscountydrumco.com and then you can listen to their stuff check out their photo gallery check out all their artists and read more about their kits they make amazing stuff all right let's get into some listener questions all right okay this one comes from um stefan or steven i I, this name always um confuses me st E P H A N E. Would that be Stefan or Steven? Yeah, okay. It's Stefan. Stefan. And I the only reason I know that is because isn't that Stefan uh, is it Stefan Chamberlain? Who's the, the kid out of uh Canada? The, oh, uh, yeah, the yeah. French Canadian. Stefan. Is it Stefan? Stefan, Stefan. I, I remember I met him I met him in Quebec and I was like, is your name Stephanie? And he goes, No. <laughs> and he's a monster player, by the way. But uh yeah, anyways, yeah. uh yeah, and so but I remember it was either Stefan or Stefan. Either way, go ahead. Okay, Stefan. His email name is Witchburner, so <laughs> get it. Get it, bro. Dang. Coming we'll go, in hot. We'll go with Stefan. Okay. Um, he says, I'm, I like the deep and focused attack of 14-inch floor toms and fills, but I also like the big rumble of a 16, especially when I'm doing ensemble hits. So I've been considering getting a 15-inch floor tom. Mm-hmm. I've never tuned or tried one. So what are your thoughts and experiences with 15-inch floor toms in, tun- in terms of tuning range and versatility? I had a 15. I actually ordered a custom 15 from uh, from Premiere back in the day. So my oh, Jamista yeah? had a 15. There you go. Yep. Um, so, Witchburner. Let's get deep here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, here's what I would say about the 15. It's not the answer you're looking for. Uh, you can get a 14 to do whatever you want. And that 16, that low that you're loving from the 16 that you're feeling through your whole body, no one's hearing that, I promise you. You're just feeling it because you're right next to the drum. But the 15, at least for me, wasn't the answer. The 15, it didn't tune up high like I thought a 14 could. And it it, it sounded low and fat like a 16, but no reason to special order a drum. Uh, I, I would say just have a 14 and a 16. Um, unless you're saying you're ordering a kit from scratch. But I don't know. I mean, have you played a lot of 15s, floor toms? Not recently. And the biggest concern for me would be um, 
Oh yeah, he says to to clarify, he does want just one floor tom. So one rack uh, tom, one floor tom. Twenty inch kick, twelve inch rack tom. He's thinking a fifteen might be the perfect hybrid. Mm, it, it might be honestly, but I, I wouldn't do it. Because, I mean, you're going to now run into trouble finding heads. That's what I was going to uh, say. Is it's you know, there's not as many fifteen inch heads in shops around. Yeah, the country. or like, hey, I'm going to swap out to my diecast. No, I'm not because <laughs> I don't have any. Like, so I, I think twenty twelve fourteen can be as versatile as you would ever want it to be. You can get that for it. The, the big key is going to be just the depth. You know, if you get a 14 by 14, if you get a square size, it's going to be nice and punchy for you. And that bottom head, unless you crank it up, really never gets a chance to resonate. So it can be really just dead and fat. If you want a ton of tone, bring it up to maybe a 14 by 13 or a 14 by 12 or what Mike would call a 12 by 14 or a 13 by 14, <laughs> which confuses the hell out of me. Um, but anyways, so, and that'll give you more tone and, and get that bottom head resonating more. But I, I, I think 2012, 14 is super versatile. I think it is, but I'm going to put the, the, um, the butt in here that if Bring you're it. playing loud gigs, loud music, I've tried to use a 2012, 14 setup. Everything is cool except for the 14. It's just okay, too. It's just doesn't give enough output, enough sound. So it just depends if you're doing more lighter jazz funk fusion, or if you're doing more rock aggressive music. Bro, his name is Witchburner. <laughs> yes, he's definitely playing rock. There's no <laughs> way he's like. Oh, this thing kind of like Max Roach. <laughs> so I would uh, say a you. sixteen Witchburner would be, out. Would be okay. better. Just just knowing from. I mean, I've played some club gigs where. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna take the small kit because I don't want to have to lug the big kit. And sure, I get in the room and, I, and I'm like, literally, like hitting the floor tom so hard that it's starting to detune because I can't get enough sound out of it. So, there you go. great point. There you go. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I think that's a great point. No 15s though. That would, I guess we both kind of agreed. Don't bother yeah. with 15. It's just an it's just an inconvenient size. Yeah. All right. I def- again, I don't have any opinions on this, but let's give it a shot, Edwin. Uh, what would be the best vehicles for hauling drums? Oh, I can tell you right now. Let's let's just take budget and bring it down to whatever we consider to be average drum level. Okay, so I don't want to talk about you know, like yes, the Mercedes van would be yeah, amazing, right? <laughs> but let's let's stay in. Let's assume this is your second car, so you're just trying to stay budget. My favorite drum car in the world is the Honda Element. Oh, you fold yeah. the seats up and it literally becomes a cargo van in two seconds. That True. and it's already the floor is already rubber. It's already I mean, that's the f- first car that I ever saw or that I ever owned. My wife and I owned one for a long time that you can hose out the inside if you get it muddy. Mm-hmm. So we were taking our dogs out of the lake. We didn't even dry them off. We're like back in the car, kids. <laughs> yeah. And you can just hose out the whole car. The Honda Element, you could probably get a used one on CarMax right now for like eight grand and they're, and they're gone just now awesome. aren't they out of uh, they're all gone yeah. if they weren't my wife would have two of them she <laughs> she like i could literally buy her a jet right now and she'd be like but it's not a honda element she loved the element absolutely loved it she she still regrets ever selling it so i would say honda element what about you bud well i can only speak from my own experience so I, the first car i ever owned was a ford bronco 2 amazing okay. it was amazing for lugging around gear um that followed by a jeep cherokee grand cherokee no Jeep cherokee sport okay. i thought it would be better it actually had less room because of the wheel wells in the back that was a pain in the butt oh. it just took up okay. too much space i couldn't get my hardware case in there in any kind of comfortable spot mm-hmm. still was an awesome car 
Then I went into sedans. The Nissan Altima I could fit a lot of stuff in, surprisingly. Um, yeah. And then now, cars are fine. It just depends on how big your kit is, really. Yeah, I think for me, a hatchback is. You know, I have a Subaru um, what, Crosstrek now. It's a small car, right. but it's a hatchback, so I can get everything in there if I need to. Hatchback uh, is important. My car is a hatchback, and I can I get my kick, floor tom, rack tom, and hardware case in the back of my car without folding down any seats. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. The only thing that goes in the front of my car is my cymbal bag and my snare. That's it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so I think hatchback is super important. And the other thing that's important is it, it, everyone immediately thinks SUV. When you get a big SUV, it's really tall. And trying to get your hardware case up yeah. into the back yeah. of that sucks. That's, that's why hatchbacks yeah. are great. You that know? was the problem with the Cherokee was it was too high. And I had one of yeah. those giant SKB, like, looks like a coffin kind of a hardware yeah, yeah. case. I actually broke I have the, the, uh, the trimming on it because it was so high. I have the ahead, um, the ahead one, the Sled, hard case. Yeah. And it's, yeah, and I love it, but I don't, I've, I still haven't had the, uh, the foresight to call DW and ask for some flat based hardware stands. So I still have all 9,000 series hardware stands. That's heavy. Which are, awesome until i take that one stupid pickup gig in Sacktown, <laughs> and i'm like why do i have these stands these are insane this makes no sense uh so yeah so it's it's great having a lower car but uh check out the honda element or check out just a you know a nice cheap hit hatchback all, all right. right so we got this one this is a this is a pretty confusing one i think the term is pretty confusing so it comes from jeff I'm curious from a technical perspective, what exactly does dry mean? Uh, is it the length Ooh. of sustain? He's he's referencing symbols. Yeah, we've talked about this when we did our drum adjectives yeah. episode. Like and ten years and ago. I also, yeah, <laughs> good God, we've been doing this far too long. Um, but I remember my thought of a crash being dry and then hi-hats being dry and then rides being dry it's all slightly different with with a crash i do think that dry and dark get mixed up together Mm -hmm. sometimes but i do think that in a crash it's sustain um it's i hit the crash and it and it stops producing shh sounds as fast as possible Uh, so if i wanted to dry up my current I don't know, 20-inch Zildjian Constantinople crash. I don't know if that's a thing, but I don't know a lot about Zildjian. I'm sure it is. That's a thing. Okay. (laughs) If I wanted to dry that up, I put a piece of gaff tape on it, and I would dry it up. But it would also darken it and bring the pitch down a little bit as well. So what what Mm. is your thought on dry? That would be it. I think it's kind of hard. I can't think of a bright but dry. No, that's not true. There's the Sabian um, Apollo, I think, is what they came out with. It's like the part oh, yeah, of I remember that. Big and Ugly series. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's AAX uh, mm-hmm. style. So it's a bright symbol, but it's super dry. So you hit the ride, and there's like almost no sustain. But it has so, a okay. But you initially were probably thinking the same thing I was. Like, okay, at this frequency response – when we get rid of those frequencies, now it's drier. And yeah. I think that too, because I'm thinking the opposite of dry, I'm thinking shimmery. But really, it's just, to me, it's kind of the duration of the note, yeah. however long it lasts. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that comes something. down, <laughs> yeah, that comes down to a lot of it being a th- the thinner the symbol, the drier it's going to be generally, especially when we're dealing with crashes, but not with rides, right? So 
God dang it. What's weird is we don't use the opposite. We don't use the antonym of dry when we're when we're talking about symbols. You never talk about a wet symbol sound. <laughs> Bro, keep this <laughs> Just keep this moving. I don't want to be a part of this. I do not want to be a part of this. But in, but if you're in audio engineering and say you're using reverb, then you're going to yeah. mix in the dry versus wet signal, and the dry signal would be the sound with no effects, which which would be similar to a symbol that has less sustain. Agreed. But then when you add totally the reverb, agreed. that makes it wetter, which makes yeah. it sound longer. But it's weird too because that that adjective then can go over to snares and if somebody's if if the engineer says i just need that snare to be a little wetter then i just detune it and they go oh there's the smack i'm looking for but i just dried it up but when they put the reverb on it then it sounds longer it's (laughs) as far as symbols go i'd say i'd i'd say the duration of the note yeah i think so i mean i don't know but in snare drums that's weird because and maybe it goes back to calfskin heads where literally you would have to wetten the head in order to make it like not resonate as much yeah and that's i mean still with hand drums you know you can put lotion on the drums and everything if it's a a legit animal skin head um so all right well i think with symbols we can admit that the or we can agree that the duration of the note is what they're talking about with a dry symbol i don't expect an 18 inch dry crash to go no. Yeah. No matter, regardless of the pitch. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> that's man. That's still tough. going. It's so man. It's confusing. I'm thinking probably because the baseline is symbols have a long sustain, so there's no reason to call something the 18 inch wet crash. Because <laughs> that's just called an 18 inch crash. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> the wet series. Oh man. Coming at you. All right. <laughs> Dude, come on. You know that somebody's got to put out like a nice 20-inch moist crash. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. That would be epic. Ew. Isn't that one of your irk words? Isn't moist. that one of the words that bothers you? All right. Let's no, move on. creamy. Creamy is the one that I don't oh, like. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we lose any more listeners, no one's getting a, a creamy crash cream or a moist. <laughs> Dude, stop. <laughs> All right. Why is it? Why is it so appropriate for everything to be dry? I'm happy with that. 16 inch dry hats sounds oh, good. Let's go. Man. All right. Oof. Is that enough good questions? Did we confuse I everyone good. enough? I think we should pick something before we get in trouble. I mean, we're 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 almost we're probably just a few words away from actually you getting reprimanded from the fine folks at Modern Drummer. Hey, yeah, we're so juvenile. All right. <laughs> But actually, it was more just a statement of why don't we use the term wet when we talk about drum equipment. But we do. The opposite. Yeah, it's the opposite. Well, yeah, I mean, but we don't have an adjective for like, oh, man, that that crash has tons of of sustain. What's it called? Uh, An 18-inch crash. A crash, yeah. A regular crash. (laughs) A regular crash. I Honestly, I feel like medium is what they would call it. Mm -hmm. And those are the thicker symbols. They sustain longer. But we don't have any adjective that gives you the i mean the one thing that i do like about the term dry in the drum world is it actually gives me a mental image of what i'm about to hear it's like oh dry hats i don't expect them to be super shimmery i don't expect them to sustain when i open them i expect them to almost seem like someone put a moon gel on top of them you know hmm. so now what about okay there's another term then what about fast fast crash see fast to me brings in frequency i i think it's higher pitched and still dry. So high pitched and dry is fast to me. Huh. I think of fast being the attack 
it opens up really fast, but it could still sustain for forever. <laughs> uh, knocking this one out of the park. <laughs> Feeling great about it. All right, let's get to the picks of the week. What do you got, buddy? Okay, so I had um, <clears throat> this company, Camp Percussion Company. Uh, they're in the UK. They sent me one of their, it's called a Lunar Lander jingles, percussion jingles. And what what's the company called? C-A-M-P? Camp Percussion Co. Okay. Um, so they have this thing. It's like a, it's a trio of like hand hammered sort of tambourine looking jingles made of bronze, uh, brass and cymbal bronze. And it's kind of like a, what's that guy's name? Keplinger? Like one of those yep. little effectsy things. They're on like a little triangle metal bracket, and it's got some bungee cords. You can hang it on a ride cymbal. You can. It also comes with a clip, so you can clip it to the hoop of a drum and add some tambourine jingle to the drum. Pretty neat. Okay. I, uh, I've only messed with it a little bit, but so far it's really cool. It has a kind of a darker kind of sound than what you get from just using regular nickel tambourine jingles or something. Um, so I'm looking forward to really messing around with it more. But if you want to check it out, I think he has an Etsy shop and might have his own website. Yeah. But there's an Etsy shop, and, and honestly, I don't think there's a website yet. I was looking for it, but you can um, check them out on Facebook. That's where you'll find them, and you'll get to see pictures of all their stuff and people using their stuff. So yeah, also, he also out. makes really nice tambourines and a bunch of other yeah, stuff I was looking too. At that. Yeah, really cool stuff. Um, we're in a great place right now where there's a lot of people making kind of boutique gear and they're making it really really well yeah and it just looks right. cool it doesn't look like yeah it doesn't look like some like walmart off the shelf products these are really handmade kind of neat they just when i see something that looks like this it, i'm inspired to play like it yeah it doesn't look like i took it out of a bubble wrap and you know right yeah <laughs> as a vibe out of a what are they uh the uh, what is that the shell yeah the packaging. shell yeah. packaging yeah no yeah, this, this, some dude made this in his shop and, and this was not on a slat wall at <laughs> mars music in 94 <laughs> right i'm with you all right well my pick of the week this time is for any of you guys if you if any of you out there have like a really hot microphone and it's just kind of peeking out your preamps what you're going to want to look into is the sure a15 as which how did i do bro did it sound like i knew what i was talking about <laughs> i had literally forgotten that we talked about that an hour ago <laughs> you're like oh i'm interested i've got one of those the sure a15 as switchable attenuator you can find it on amazon.com for 37.99 that is nine dollars off the list price i ordered two of them that will be here tomorrow with my prime membership and uh, there's four left because there were six left and i bought two of them <laughs> so okay so real quick though so i go microphone cable and then the end that's going to plug into my preamp will now get this first right i think you can go either way but that's the way i usually do it yeah because i don't want this thing sticking off the end of my microphone right, yeah it'll be coming um, out the back of your interface perfect and then yeah this one's switchable so i can really bring it all i it starts at 15 db then it's got a 20 db switch and a 25 negative db switch which is pretty rad um you know what it would be cool if you think about it next show do a demo of without the pads and what your mm -hmm. your overhead and kick sounds like and then the same thing with the pads and crank the pre's and see what does to the sound yeah i, I would love I that and i cool. this might, might be something you don't know because i you don't have the uh you don't have Neve Pre's, right? But you do have nope. probably emulators, maybe? Yeah, I have the uh, virtual okay. versions, yeah. 
I'm just wondering what the difference is. And I cannot get a straight answer online. I've looked through every forum. What the difference is between the big red knob, which seems like gain, and then the trim. Like, which one is giving me the saturation of this preamp? Because each channel has the big red gain knob, and right next to it has a trim knob. And I don't really know mm, what each one maybe. is doing individually, because they're not, both turning up the gain. I don't know. My guess would be the trim is what you use to get your microphone level, and then the gain would be to push the, the level, the pre, harder. Okay. But so I have no clue what that means. But all right, <laughs> like the ring, uh, you you gain it up if you want the pre to work harder, work hotter. Okay, but gotcha. the trim, at least that's the way it is on most mixing boards. The trim is the actual microphone signal coming in that you want to get that keep you know at a good comfortable level. Maybe back gotcha. off if when you put the pad in, you can probably keep the trim low and then turn up the gain again if anyone out there is a neve expert please help us out because i'm I'm yeah and i mean i've really been on like neve forums and you should see the fights that happen between these cats man oh yeah and there's like i've been in the studio since 1952 (laughs) the red knob is for people and i'm like oh my goodness they go bananas so either way what i'm really excited i've never gotten to mess with either of those knobs because my mics are so hot (laughs) and so so now this is awesome i'm gonna put this thing in like 20 Zero. You got them both on zero. <laughs> uh, pretty close, dude. Pretty damn close. So I'm really excited. So I'm really happy that we... I'm just happy that I was able to inform you about this. Uh, so the uh, inline pads that I told you about, uh, it's, it's called a Sure A15 uh, AS switchable attenuator. So oh, there man. you go. Awesome. So we need more questions. Send them over to mdinfo at moderndrummer.com. We also need more intro grooves. Um, yeah which have been cool and we should probably request some more reviews over on itunes if you if you don't mind if you've been enjoying the show just give us a what do we want four five star review five star i'd like a five star five star i, review. I, I, I think we deserve five stars you know we, <laughs> the we've been doing this for my, a while <laughs> my presentation this week is certainly five star <laughs> okay okay so if you think mike did a nice three star effort <laughs> and i crushed it with a five can you just give us a four let's just average it out we're gonna be fine Everyone, please, uh, those reviews really do help quite a bit. That's how people find this podcast. Also, if there, if uh, you wish you could listen to us on a different format than the one you're listening to us on, on a different place, let us know. And you know, we're still new at this podcasting thing, so we will try to make sure that you can find us everywhere you want to hear this podcast. Everyone, have an amazing, amazing day. Get to practicing, and we will talk to you soon. Well, Later, bro. We got our outro groove, dude. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn, and this is one of our students. This is one of my students. I just... Yeah. So, Richard, Richard, Mike doesn't care about you, but I do. <laughs> yes. You so, know what happens, dude? It's always at the end of the podcast. I'm like, dude, I literally have to pee. So can we wrap this up? That's all that's going on. I care about Richard. All right. So this is Richard. He is playing a Gretsch Catalina maple kit with a 18 by 22 or 22 by 18, however you do your dimensions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5 by 13 snare. He's got 14-inch new beat hi-hats. You can never go wrong with that. 20-inch K-Custom hybrid ride. Um, and he He's says, giving us a little bit of that Satch boogie. Yeah. That Satchioni exactly. boogie feel. I like it. Yeah, so he says he mic'd this all up with a $10 no-name condenser that he bought from Amazon. Attaboy. Attaboy. Right. Here we go. So here's Richard. So now I will see you next week. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> 